to Real Talk AU podcast. I'm Paula. And my name's Gay. And I'm Kitty. Thanks for listening in to Real Talk's latest episode. Hey, welcome to Real Talk. We are back uh, for our show and I'm really excited tonight. I've got this handsome man with me. <laughs> this is my awesome husband, Samuel. So welcome to the show, honey. That's us, honey. Hi, taken, everyone. It's taken a while for me to get him on here, but definitely um, easy when it comes to something that he's so passionate about. And that is the topic that we're talking mm. about tonight, which is the church. When the word church comes, comes out in a conversation or you hear the word church, there's often a... A straight away you've got like what's the first thing comes to your mind and there's a lot of people that church is something that they strongly mm. avoid or nothing to do with and then also there's people who are like oh yeah church I go every Sunday and it, it's quite a traditional thing um, and I'm not saying either of those are right or wrong but that's what we're going to talk about tonight and um, so I've asked Samuel to be on here now those who don't may, maybe don't know us is Samuel and I actually are the pastors here at Destiny Church in Brisbane and so both of us have grown up in the church. <clears throat> mm. Samuel has been born in the church. So 30... Something odd years. Something odd years. <laughs> 30 something odd years yeah. of um, being in the church. So we thought this is an awesome thing to discuss. But we don't know everything. We don't mm. have the answers to everything. But we're going to share our personal experience um, with the church. So sorry, that's a long intro, honey. I'll let no, you get talking, good. eh? <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thank you. Hey, it's just an honor to be on the show, Real Talk. Obviously, um, usually the ladies are on here, but um, my wife was quite keen to, to get me on here. So here we are. I suppose for tonight, my, um, I want to be as real as possible, to be honest, about the church. But before I do, I want people to understand that in no way am I bagging the church. In no way I'm knocking uh, the true church of what Christ really came to yeah. establish. But I suppose to bring or shed some light and bring some truth to places where people may struggle in their lives to come to terms with what the true church looks like, mm. um, even dealing with past hurts and offenses and, and even abusive situations that may have stemmed from the church because we all know and we all understand that you know, through the media and, and different on the Catholic church that there's been some, to be honest, some foul stuff mm. that has happened, which hasn't been a a representation or a reflection of God in any way. And if it doesn't look or feel like God, um, then it's not God. So it's just man's concept of a God thing. And so we're here to talk the church. Uh, we're here to, I suppose, bring uh, clarity to, to hearts. But I, my biggest thing is to really challenge and stand up for the church and to, I suppose, my wife sort of shared earlier, was that I've been raised in the house and I had the opportunity to I uh, see my dad minister for many years, and at the same time, at a young age, I'd travel around with him to other churches. So that was overseas, to America or Australia or different places, even um, England and you know different places like that. And as a young man, you're always kind of getting your perception or, or picking up the culture of a church. And the truth of the matter is that from church to church, it varies very massively. And I think it comes down to the key leadership, the pastor, the minister who's in charge of that, that church or that movement and his connection and calling with God really determines whether that thing is a valid, uh, valid or, 
the sort of um, sent church, and, and really that that makes a huge difference mm. in, in those sort of things. But um, yeah. where do you want to hit from here? No, that's good, honey. I think um, the big thing, and, and one thing you brought up, which I think will hit just straight out from the front, yeah. is um, offence. Okay. Uh, quite like you said, first of all, you look at the Catholic Church, you look at the... Um, you know, not just hitting the Catholic Church, but churches in general, in yeah. general, where there's been abuse go on in there. Because I think one thing we've got to remember is, um, yes, it, the church, but it's full of people. <laughs> mm. Hey, that's one thing we can't mm. escape is there's people in there, and there's all different types of people in the church. Um, and so we've got to understand that as well. And and but it's interesting how offence comes, and people will steer clear from the church. Mm because of an offence towards an individual or yeah. a person. Uh, and that's quite interesting, isn't it? That yeah. an offence towards the whole church as a whole keeps people far, far away from the church when the incident happened with one individual mm. or a group of people. Yeah, I think to answer that question all, let's talk about that one, offence. And what is offence? Well, obviously it's ill, Ill thoughts or feelings towards someone because of the situation that went mm. down. And it doesn't matter what, organization, um, group, sports group, workplace, um, family, friend, yeah. marriage. You know what? You can't deal with human beings without having to <laughs> go True. through that sort of stuff. And the church is a reflection of God, yes, but it's human beings who are actually involved in it. And so whenever people get offended at the church, it's probably an incorrect statement. It's mm. probably they're offended at someone who was in the church who done something that was wrong, yeah. or what the person done wasn't wrong, you were wrong. So there's two sides uh, to that coin, I suppose. So um, yes, let's be honest, there's a lot of things that are validated in terms of, yeah. I'm offended at this person because they done this, and what that person probably done is actually wrong. And so, and the, but the other side is that sometimes people confuse just small things or misunderstandings or the human side of people and they hold that mm. where really they shouldn't have been offended. True. So there's there's two sides to that. I find what's really interesting is that people uh, understand God's grace very well. They understand how God forgives mm. when we don't deserve it, when we've done wrong. Yet when somebody towards us makes a mistake or mm. um, hurts us or offends us, it's very hard to forgive. And um, I think the other thing too that you mentioned earlier was that people, you know, God came to establish the church and build the church. Men, God has given different men and women around the world a calling and a purpose to build the church. And fortunately, when you start to see, and I love what Samuel talks about in the promo video about the difference between a religious church or religion or mm. tradition and the true Church of Jesus Christ, where fire comes, where yeah. lives are transformed, mm. is that um, man get their sticky hands involved yeah. and start to no mm. longer feel the need to to require what God's speaking and what the Holy Spirit's speaking and the, actually build the Church of Jesus Christ yeah. and actually start to build their own organization and their own thing. And I think that's where the twisted, yeah. the foulness of church, what people would know it as, mm. starts to to come into play. Yeah, mm. exactly. Um, you you got to feel for some pastors, ministers, and leaders too, eh? Because I've heard my father speak on it. That's Bishop Brian Tamaki. I've heard him speak on it a lot. You know, 
you might have 364 days of excellent fire blazing, you know, <laughs> helping people and changing their life and marriage. And then you have one, not even bad day, average day, True. and people grab that and they True. forget about how they, you know, you help them. They're overcome. quick to come out with the judge hammer. Exactly. Mm. And so I think if people are more, they, they want so much grace, you know, from, from a leader, from a pastor, from a minister, but they have sometimes, some people can have little grace yeah. on the church organization, minist ministries, uh, and pastors and leaders as such as well. And I think um, I'm not here to defend any hypocrisy in the church either. And when I say hypocrisy, um, saying one thing but doing the exact opposite to it. And so I think with any church or any, any ministry, you got to really look at the, the fruit of that, yeah, you know, so that good. ministry. So for me and my wife, we've been um, married for a good bunch of years. 17. 16, 17. 17 and a half. 17 and a half <laughs> years, you know, and chucking a few days there. But we're not worried about the details of, of that. But it's this, is that um, it's no use us, if our marriage was on the rocks, if we we're going through all sorts of dramas, I'm not going to get up there and start trying to preach about how to have a fruitful marriage. Mm. You know what I mean? And so I'm a strong believer in um, that there needs to be fruit on that tree in yep. order to to be rocking out topics or, or things regarding that. At the same time, we're all human as well. So I think people get mixed up with the whole, they're not even doing this, they're not, they're not even doing that. And the point of the matter is, is that everyone's like for me, you know, I'm a pastor, you know, I'm, I'm a father. I'm a husband, but I'm still growing. I'm still becoming better at what I do as well. And that's for everyone. We're always continually mm. growing and getting better. And I think if we all realize that we're in, in it together because that's what the church really is. Going back to that, it's a, it's a, a group. It's a family. It's a family. It's a group of people who really should be doing life together. And you'll notice with a lot of our Destiny Brisbane stuff, our tagline is doing life together mm. because church really isn't just a turn up on a Sunday True. sort of event. Um, and I think that's probably what I want to, if we could put this out to the audience maybe is what is one or two key words that you think of when we say church? Because hmm. to my mate, when I brought him to church one time, the age of 14, he walked in and he was like, whoa, I didn't know church was like this. His concept of church was wooden pews, uh, paper hymn, hymn book, hymn books to, to, to read the words and, and kind of just sit down and it's very boring and it, I don't want to be here. That was his perception. But when he came to church, um, or the style of church that we now presented to him, it was a stark contrast from what he'd seen True. in his upbringing. And so I'm not, I'm not actually going to assume that we, in fact, we probably all have a different concept. Yeah or definition of the word church. So when I say the word church, like if there's someone that's watching now, like just maybe just type up one or two words. Yeah. Like for me, um, I'm thinking uh, it's a lifestyle and it's family, or it's my life and it's my family. That's what I think about church. And then everything else that is expressed through the church, like, you know, Sunday, midweek, um, ministries and man up legacy all these things mm. are an expression of our church. church family of obviously God but us as the people pushing it out there yeah good
I think um, one thing to that I'd like us to discuss a bit deeper into is that um, people who have a hurt towards the church and uh, trying to un- explain it as best as I can, I think one thing to understand is that there's power in the church. Like when yeah. God is, you know, Christ comes to establish this church, there's power in the church mm. and there's power that comes through there. So it's interesting how when somebody gets an offense or a hurt, the first thing they want to do is run as far away from the church as yeah. possible. And um, you, there might be viewers on here watching and saying, yeah, that's exactly me, but I'm justified, but I have a reason why, but mm. you don't know what I've been through, but you don't know what they did to me. You don't know what the church did. You don't know how those leaders treated me. You know what? I, I do believe you yeah. because I've seen it too. I've seen it in the church. I've seen it in my upbringing in church. I've seen all different styles of, the, and it's nothing to do with the church. It's even not always to do with the leadership. It's sometimes to do with just individuals in there who have their own way of how they want to deal with things. So they bring that concept into the church. Mm. So I think that's something really um, good to discuss is how, why why is there that separation? Mm. You need to really look at it deeper than just an obvious thing like, mm. I don't even want to go back to church. You've got to challenge yourself and say, is there something in there that's going to move me forward? Is there something in there that's going to transform who I am? Mm. And like Samuel said, as we do life together, we're surrounded by people, men and women, who want to empower each other, encourage each other, challenge each other. You know, that's a big thing for me when I think of the church yeah. is the challenge, the challenge of the word that's preached. Yes, you've got a preacher and yes, you've got um, someone who stands up in front of the church and preaches the word of God. But when you believe it and you have the faith to know that that's actually God speaking and inspiring you, I can't imagine not having that on a weekly. I can't yeah. imagine the type of person I'd be not being challenged and confronted all the time. So I think it's that growth, eh? It's like anything, like you want to grow in any area of your life. You've got to actually put yourself in those places that challenge you. So um, that's what I want you to talk a little bit about, Han, is why the separation and why you think there is such a big separation in terms of their purpose. The start point is like as kingdom believers or saints or Christians, whatever you want to term it, those who believe in our Lord Jesus Christ, that's cool, that's settled in the heart, boom, that's a done deal. But then when you think of God's will is actually to see his kingdom come on earth mm. and to see heaven's way expressed on earth. And a lot of people, well, there's a lot of, you know, sort of thoughts, oh, well, I don't need to go to church. You know, I've got my relationship with God or um, the church is not the four walls. And that's correct, that is not mm. the four walls. But I'll tell you what, there's there's power in those yeah. four walls because I'm with fellow saints in that place and there's a multiplied multiplied faith yeah. expectancy right. in there. Going back to what I said about the purpose though, when Christ was commissioning one of his key soldiers, one of his key pastors or ministers of the time, he said to him, on this rock I will build my church. Now, whether he's speaking about the revelation or what Peter done, he but Go to the sentence where he says, I will build my church. Christ really wants to build his church. And it goes on to say the gates of hell will not prevail against it. There's something there's, there's something powerful about the church and what it is mm. that actually has immunity against hell. Yeah. Which is a powerful Mean. concept to understand. If you can understand that, um, what you'll really come to realize is that you got to get your butt to church, man, <laughs> or get involved with, with 
church folk. Now, hey, I'm not I'm not saying churches have to be massive and this and no. that. And, you know, we, we're gathered in a small, and, and my church is 10 or it's 100 or it's 1,000. High five. But there's something about gathering together with saints because, and even Paul says, don't make a habit of not going to church. Yeah. And when I say going to church, having a, you know, you, you, you make a commitment to go to work every yeah. week. You make a commitment to go to a doctor um, when you're not feeling well or to the gym to keep in shape or um, all these different things that you, you kind of lock in. But for a small part of the week where you know that there's an expectancy in the heart of those turning up and also God is going to move in amongst that group. I've just seen him. Mm. Um, but you can't commit to that. And I'll, I'll put another question out before we sort of move on to the next topic is, is why did you stop going to church? Was it offense? Was it just, um, I don't need it. I've got the special thing going with God. Um, I found that all the people in there were fake or, or judgmental um, and different things like that. Mm. But I think ultimately if the enemy or Satan, if he can separate you yeah. from the powerhouse called the church, and then when I say the powerhouse, please don't think of the four walls or, or the nice flash church or uh, the pews or whatever church experience. Please don't think of that on a Sunday Yeah. When I say church, I'm referring to the, the family, game. the gathering, the people, all those who are fired up believers of Christ. Mm. That is the that is the real church. And if you've stopped um, your relationship with the church, I can tell you this, the enemy's potentially worked his way in to try and separate you from the very thing that will bring breakthrough, that will bring blessing. Yeah. And ultimately find you solid on a rock, as yes. Christ said, on this rock I will build my church. And, you know, often, you know, a lot of trouble and a lot of sort of things we face in life, we don't equate it to the fact that we're not connected with the household of faith who could really help us overcome. And so yeah. um, just a few little things in there. Awesome. But I think... Um, it's good. Yeah, anything you wanted to discuss around there? No, that's good. I think, yeah, obviously that's that's important. It's huge. And, and it's good challenging to look at how come if you have stopped going to church or you are steering clear from it, it is good to challenge and confront those areas in your life because sometimes we have to look, not sometimes, always, we have to mm. look at ourselves. And um, another thing is there's a mindset that people have, and you brought that up in terms of judgmental, okay. is the church yeah. being judgmental. Yeah. And um, I think the thing too is like that is that's a mindset that people. It's almost like a cop out. It's like a quick cop out to, yeah, but the church is just judgmental. They just mm. judge you. Mm. They just judge you. You know what happens is when you get challenged and confronted, and and there's a word called conviction within you. If you uh, um, have given your life to Christ and you're walking with God and you're, you're making changes yeah, in your good. life and you make some mistakes or you slip up and you often are the person who puts the most <laughs> condemnation on yourself but then what happens is the people around you who are challenging you like I, I think I shared on one of the shows with the ladies I said if you're on a clean eating buzz you're not going to go to the people around you who are strong and saying no 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 we're going to stick to our clean eating regime you're going to go find the people who want to eat the chocolate cake and go to the KFC because that doesn't put conviction on you or hold you accountable mm. and that's the same with when it comes to the church or people around you who are remaining strong or walking on this faith strong is that when you're around them 
they're not judging you. If you're, if you're making mistakes, you're living a certain lifestyle that you know is, um, it's different to how the church and how, how we encourage, then you're going to feel that conviction. Mm. And what that turns into is feeling judged. But often it, it's not coming from the church. It's not coming from the leaders. It's not coming from the pastors mm. or anyone around you. It's your own conviction. And the first thing you want to do is run away mm. from accountability. Yeah. Nobody likes confrontation. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody likes that accountability. You'd rather just live. And everyone, I like that. I don't like that word, but interesting, the word free. I just want to be free. Yeah. I don't want to be around people who, well, no one says this, challenge me, but a lot. often people will say, I just feel so much more free now that I don't go to church. It's not that you were bound. It's that you no longer have those, um, that kind of bar, that level yeah. to live at, or yeah. that conviction mm. to maintain your walk with God and living that way. So it's yeah. not judgmental. Yeah. I think, I mean, yeah, the con- what my wife's talking about, that conviction. Um, as a preacher, when I, when I preach, I always preach the best of God's stuff, the stuff that will cause men to rise to the top shelf, even if they, they feel like they're only at the bottom shelf. And I'm very mm. clear on the fact that I'm not a, a perfect individual myself, but um, we're striving for greatness. And I think that's something that people can mix up is that, oh, it's too hard and this and that, and they say that. The other truth of it is, is that individuals in the church, individuals in the church, may be judgmental. Mm. But am I going to throw away God's concept and Christ's very thing he came to build, my breakthrough, my kids' having a plumb line and a blueprint of, of God's ways mm. and, and the youth ministry, the, the kids work, every great thing that happens in the church because I couldn't deal with one or two people who I deemed to be judgmental. I mean, what can really rob your future and your True. blessing? Is that so enough good. to? Because if it is enough to, then maybe some grit may need to be built up because like, like my wife, myself, I've been raised in the church. Now, was every leader, every person, everyone I work with excellent to work with? Heck no. A lot of the time it was like, it would be better if this guy wasn't in, in my world or this one wasn't there. But at the end of the day, we're working with, with human beings. And so I think what we have to realize is that the people in the church are not perfect, but the church that Christ will come back to actually will be perfect it'll be blemishless it'll be be excellent yeah um and whether it's individuals within the um congregation who hurt you or it's even leaders that may have hurt you you know what um there's all sorts of ways that we could have been hurt um let's get real with it have you ever been hurt in the church have i ever been hurt in the church have we or have we had the opportunity to be hurt by leaders by by the bishop, by the pastor, hmm. by um by the brother, by the <laughs> Ooh, sister. Oh, getting real. <laughs> Let's get real. By by the worship leader. Yeah. By the usher. Heck True. oh man, I've had some good good ones with ushers, <laughs> to be honest. Um yeah. True. But yeah, let's talk, let's talk about that. Yeah, no, true. You know what? That's the thing is I think often people look at us and think, oh, yeah, all good for you, all good for you. Oh, man, don't worry. Sometimes it's been like walking through the storms. And, and you know, people are probably like, what are you talking about? Have we had opportunity to be hurt? Have we been hurt? Mm. Heck, yes. Mm. 
Mm. Why have we been hurt? And hey, I'm even going to say, why have I hurt? Yeah. I'm not well, even going right. to act like I'm perfect that's and I'm right. the only one who's been hurt. There's people and individuals who are probably watching this going, you hurt me. Yeah. <laughs> it's not funny, yeah. but I'm just saying like the reality is, is as in <laughs> human beings, we're going to make mistakes. Yeah. And I have made mistakes and I'm the first to, like, mm. honestly, I, I don't struggle to apologize if I know I've done something wrong mm. or if I know that I've hurt somebody because the last thing I want to do is hurt people. You know what? Post up if Pastor Kitty hurts you. <laughs> Post it up and we will pray pray what for her, heck? pray for you. <laughs> but we, you know, let's look at this. This guy. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so that's the truth though. Have we been hurt in the church? Of course yeah. we have. Have you? Have we hurt people potentially in yeah. the church? Of course, I have mm. no doubts about that. And I know of situations where I've made a mistake. Mm. I've made the wrong call. I've said the wrong thing. That's reality. And yeah. I'm not trying to justify my actions or anybody else's actions. But the truth of the matter is, is I think the difference is humility. And that's where I want to say, mm. like coming from, from myself and what I've learned a lot from my husband is that having humility, even as a leader and as a pastor, and just an encouragement to any pastors or leaders out there, you know what, when it comes to building the church, God's if God's called you to build the church, you be you. And that's one big thing that I always, you know, with my husband is we be ourselves. We don't, we don't all of a sudden get called to be pastors and then we start personality forming into something that we're not because mm. then what that creates is us not being ourselves and we can make mistakes trying to be somebody else mm. and um you know i've had people make comments to me and i kind of am a little bit confused because i'm like i'm just being me they're like oh you're different to most pastors i don't you're not like a pastor and you don't look like a pastor and you you're different and you hang with the people and i kind of laugh because i'm kind of like that's just weird like why wouldn't you hang with the people but hey, anyway, no judgment here. But um, at the same time, people will say things like, I don't know, they just feel like you're a bit more down to earth. But I think the way I see it is having humility. If you're humble, even at a leadership position, if you can humble yourself and not think you know it all the time, actually mm. learn. Because the Holy Spirit, the thing is, God will challenge you. And, his, and the Holy Spirit's goal is to do it in private. He wants to challenge us and wants mm. us to grow and he wants to correct us in private. Yeah. But if we know he is, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it will come through somebody else. That's right. It'll hey, come from someone else. I just wanted to, is this a legit question on there, Elder? Yeah. It is, eh? Um, but church people are judgmental. They have even said that, that how do I overcome it? They've even said that, how do I overcome it? It's not conviction, it's condemnation. Okay. Mm. Let's okay. There's there's two things where it, what it could be. Okay, number one, it could be condemnation. There could be people um, who are legalistic, religious, um, and they could be condemning, whether they know it or, or don't know it. I'm gonna say there could be a case. In fact, mm. I've seen it potentially, and, and maybe I've I've worked with different ones who've been through that. So I'm not doubting that there is condemnation in the church. The second one is conviction. Definitely it is. There is conviction as well because the Holy Spirit will convict us in our heart. When the word flows, something will trigger like, oh, that's I need to look at that as a father, that there is conviction as well. So both of those um, are two things that could be potential mm. situations. Regardless of the situation, I think with anything, um, how, how do we deal with that ourselves? 
because end of the day, I'm not even going to disregard the as much as I love my church, Destiny Brisbane, I'm not going to assume that everyone in there has grasped the, the faith in, in, in terms of grace, in terms of giving people time to flourish and grow, because I'm a strong believer that if I can give you the God substance, then your lifestyle will start to yeah. change because you've got the God substance. That's right. But if I think, no, I want to change and alter your life through the words I say and give you rules and do this and do mm. that, it's going to be a hard slog. But there's, so there's that side of things. But I'm not going to assume that everyone in my church, the men, the women, the different ones who've been in all sort of um, different things that happen in the church have the same ideologies as myself. So what you may encounter in different settings of the church is people who might be judgmental. Yeah. Okay. Now, the, the, the point that I want to make here is that whether they are or are not, the, the question is how do you deal with that? Yeah. This is how you deal with it. You've got to guard your heart. Yes. Good. Guard your heart because firstly, if you don't guard your heart, then what flows into it will actually, it'll eat you up. Yeah. And what you'll find is that years will go by and there's just like a festering thing that eats you up about the church, about someone in the church, and it just messes up your feelings when anything's mentioned about the church. And I'll, before we move on from this, is there's a few, we've been blessed in the last two years to get those who kind of left the church or, or fell mm. away from ministry or church and, and ministry restored, as such, eh? have been restored and come back in. And when you talk with them, they basically all have the same agreement as that year, something in their heart kind of, you know, took offense. Mm. But it wasn't until they actually admitted it, dealt with it, and then they could move on. Irrespective of whether it was the other person's yeah, fault could. or their fault. For their freedom, they had to actually, and I, hey, I'll put my hand up and, you know, I've, I've had to deal with unforgiveness in my heart without mm. realizing but knowing the very fact is that um, it wasn't even about any person or anyone. It was the fact that I had to deal with it myself. Whether they were wrong or right, that's not the, the mm. point. So going back to that, yes, people may be judgmental. Yes, people may be um, mean and do things or have a bad day. But you don't really know what's going on in their world, by the way. Yeah. They might have lost their auntie, their uncle, or even their mother a few days ago. And they just, you know may have just have a short wick that day. True. So we don't know what's going on in people's world. So we have to be able to dodge all yeah. these little hooks that the enemy throws us to derail us from so being true. a part of God's church family. And when you said that too, there's a book um, written by John Bevere and it's actually called The Bait of Satan. And he talks a lot about mm. offense, yeah. how it's a little hook that just grips you Rips when you get you. offended. Yeah, it does. It grips, rips, and it digs into you. (laughs) And it damages you moving forward. It becomes a big hindrance into your purpose moving forward. I think the thing is, you know, when it comes to, I don't know, like personal development, people are always like, Nimma and the haters, let the haters be your fuel and all that. But then when it comes to the church, it's kind of like, nah, but you don't understand. Like, it's the same thing. It's mindset. It's actually having a mindset change and not allowing those things to affect you. People are still going to hurt me. People are still going to hurt me in the church. Yeah. I'm still going to potentially be hurt by um, leadership in the church. That's that's just reality. Mm. 
but it's how I choose to allow it to affect me or not. Um, that's where it's important. I think another um, answer to that question that came, which was asking about Conviction. how do people overcome judgment, it's what I said right, right before you, that question came, which was humility. Humble yourself. Stop, humble yourself before God in terms of Christians, believers, pastors, le leaders, everybody. Be humble. Sit down. No. <laughs> Actually, though, be humble yeah. because honestly, if you're humble before God, He's going to show you more about what you need to grow and develop on mm. instead of you being so focused on what all those fellas aren't doing. And that's mm. the most important thing is to humble yourself. And we've got a question here um, people asking about who oversees overseers uh, in terms of leadership. Uh, yeah, there's accountability mm. at every level of leadership. In terms of, uh, like in a church, people who may not understand what the leadership looks mm. like. In a church, you're going to have elders, you're going to have leaders overseeing ministries um, who are overseen by the pastors of the church. But in saying that, the pastors, we're also accountable. Like Sam and I aren't just out here on our high horse. We do whatever's and no, we're not accountable to anyone. Yes, we've, we've, we've got our overseer, which is our bishop, our apostle, Pastor Hannah, mm. who oversee us as well. But then also back in our church here, our eldership as a team, we are always making sure that we're accountable to our eldership team. Mm. So there's always um, accountability. And I think the big thing when it comes to worrying about who's accountable to who and can people run off and do their own thing and, and break rank and all that, of course they can. People will do that. It's in people's nature to sometimes go off and do their own thing, but there is accountability there. Um, but you can't mm. determine how somebody's heart is and which way they choose to go. So um, in terms of that, yeah. In terms of that, end of the day, um, it has to stop at Jesus at some point. So it might be the music <laughs> leader, the elder, the pastor, the bishop, and then after that, oh, who oversees him? Well, it's just like anything in this world. Like, it might, you know, in politics, it might go up to the highest rank, which might be the premier, the president, or or the Illuminati who oversees them or whatever. But <laughs> there has to be some sort of uh, end to it. But I think I think that's probably a trust thing. Yeah. It's trusting leadership because sometimes when we don't trust and we, um, we want to know how and why and when and who, we're actually not allowing God's, I suppose, called and even sent men and women to actually function in what God's called them to, to function in. And, um, you know... Sometimes, you know, you just, you can't, you can't track everyone as who oversees them. Who yep. oversees, you'll be there all day trying to figure all that out. So at some point you just have to trust. That's true. But there's fruit there, yep. you know, transform fruit. lives within that house. People going uh, to better places in their heart and their spirit, you know, and growing in the things of Christ is all validation to, to right. a call in a and exactly and it's right what you said right at the beginning is that you tell a tree by its fruit there's mm. fruit you can see what's happening so even in leadership or if you feel that people are breaking rank yes there will be fruit in that and so just be discerning you know yeah. like we're not we're sharp people we all you know and as individuals we can yeah. all see something a mile away just be discerning but then trust leadership don't mm. try and get in control of everything and that's a big yeah. thing i think when it comes to churches we don't control people Everybody's an individual and they make choices. Mm. Even Christ himself, Jesus doesn't control. He gives everyone their free will. All we can do is be there to support them. You know what? When people walk out of the church, just be there 
arms wide open when they're ready to come back. Yeah. Don't treat people differently. Don't feel like, oh, now that you're this or that or you've said these things. about. And that's one thing too, is like if people are saying nasty things, you don't have to roll down to that level. That's them at their level. You still treat them in a certain way. Yeah. So yeah, tell a tree by its fruit. Those in the church, humble yourself before God first. Allow him to clean you up and work mm. you out. Tell a tree by its fruit. See the transformation in people's lives. And that's where you'll see um, leadership, yeah. who you should be following and who you should be connected to. Yeah. Just one point <clears> before <throat> we move on to the next one is um, I think what people should, once you get saved, give your life to Christ and you're, you're now part of his church or his family. I think from that point, you, sh you should assume the position of a church builder. Mm, and awesome. sometimes people can be on the outside even in the church, looking in like their church, their church. Well, anyone in my church who says your church or their church, I, I'm kind of um, puzzled by that Good. because it's our church or it's the what Christ is establishing. So the value and, and the, the strength to build it and anything that goes wrong within it, rather than get offended at it, here it is. How can I fix it? Yeah. How can Good. I change the picture? Well, if someone is judgmental, you know what, man, I'm not going to be judgmental. I'm going to change the picture because in this house, there's a, there's a judgmental person over there. And I'm, this is a scenario. So I want to be, you know, I want to balance this thing out and, and hopefully change that yeah, good. by being loving, being being graceful, gracious, and being, um, you know, being the total opposite to that. Yeah. And so that's how, that's a very quick solution to, to that moving on. Very good. Awesome, hun. Um, uh, here we've got. Hi, Arge. We had a question here, which is why Why is it that people think that weak people run to the church? Mm, <clears> that's a good one. It's, it's for the weak, it's for the poor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those kinds of things. I think the thing is, you know what? People who, it is unfortunate because often, and somebody said it to me recently, oh, I've been going through a few things and I started praying. And they're like, oh, it's terrible that I have to wait till then before I do that. Yeah. The truth is, yeah, but that really comes down to, to people knowing where the true answer is, is they know that I need change in my life. I've tried yeah. everything else. I've tried everything else. I've tried to do it my way. I've tried to find it in the world. I've tried to find it in my career. I've tried to find it, but I'm still left wanting and there's that void mm. and there's that emptiness. So when people come to church, and it's easy for people to say, oh, weak people go to church and poor people go to church. Well, mm. you know what? People sit there, sitting in church and are establishing themselves in the church and growing. They're no longer that. They're growing, they're transforming, mm. and they're becoming new again. So, yeah. I think, uh, I don't think I know. This is the answer to that. The church is the answer. Mm. The church is the answer, and I'll explain it in a second, but the church is the answer. So when people are stripped of every... Mm answer they try to find outside of the church good family they get let down from um antidepressant pills they get let down from all these things they they come to a point where they heck i need a supernatural out of this world sort of um answer and that's what the church is for and here's what happens okay this is what happens often where people will they'll get their fix i feel up i feel light now i feel yeah, like you've true. delivered me then they'll start walking away from, I'm not even going to say church, from God. They'll walk away from God's thing and they'll, they'll put their value on spiritual things to conditions. It's kind of like when someone's, now this is, a, I hope this is not too crude for the camera, but you're driving, someone's driving in a car and they're about to crash and their life flashes before them. They ain't going to shout out to money. 
They ain't going to shout out to mm. medication. They ain't going to shout out to good relationships. They're going to shout out to God. And that's what happens is, mm. is that True. It's good. those who are poor in spirit or those who are very desperate for change in their life, they actually, they, their spirit says to them, you, you got to get to church or the yeah. Holy Spirit leads them to church. Now, the fact that maybe people who um, aren't seen as weak as such um, might not might be seen as not going to church um, is actually that they've masked true they've masked happiness joy peace and good times with money leisure career true status and all these things yeah that's right nonetheless they are stricken with poverty when it comes to spiritual blessing and I think that's the thing to understand is this is that um and it's actually a biblical, it's, it's in the Word. It says when you've you got your nice homes and you're living well, don't forget the Lord your God. Now, we live in a society now that has forgotten the yeah. Lord their God, whereas their forefathers may have, you know, had to deal with stuff and put their family on a solid foundation. As generations pass, the strength hasn't been there to keep them in the house, and um, they've strayed away from it. So, no, mm. no, the church is not just for weak people. And that perception... Um, Maybe due to how the media, movies, and television portrays pastors, True. ministers, vicars, those with the little blue collar and, and all that thing. But I'll tell you what, the, the brothers I roll with, they, they ain't weak. No. They know how to stand up, speak truth, go toe-to-toe awesome. -to -toe on any topic um, pertaining to life, uh, family, um, um, marriage, and all those things, and put to shame any anyone True. outside of the substance of what God has given us. Yeah. And I don't say that with arrogance, but just pure belief yeah. in the power and the strength of the church. So I think people should be flocking. Yeah, They should be flocking to the church, to be honest. Coming off the back of that, I think it'd be good to hit as we sort of, you know, we're going to try and get us through as many questions as we can. But I think coming off the back of that would be good to clarify between the difference between religious church, traditional church, and the yeah. fire church that you talked about in that promo. Well, the religious, traditional church is the church you don't want to go to. Yeah. It's the church where you sit there, the guy who speaks is boring as, not heaven, but boring as. <laughs> you don't, it doesn't shift you, it doesn't lift you, it doesn't flame you up, it doesn't instill passion, and it doesn't feel like he's ripping the very substance out of your heart. Yeah. If you, if you, the sermon doesn't feel like that. Um, either there's something dramatically wrong in your heart if it is a fired up preacher or that there's just no fire in that yeah. church and why, why I say that is because I ha we have to really you have to put a contrast there because let's be honest there's churches on every corner <laughs> yeah, every tenth corner you know like there's, there's churches all over the, the regions over the you know the cities that we all live in um, but a lot of them have just become monuments social clubs uh, I better turn up to appease my religious conscience that I am saved and I'm going to heaven. Um, and then there's the church that that is fired up that will, when the word's preached, it kind of rattles your whole thinking on, on, on life. It challenges you with um, your finance, with your health. It challenges you with your marriage. Um, it challenges you with being a father and all these different things. That's probably the contrast between the two. Yeah. And that fire church, that's what you said when you're talking about is where men, they find their purpose mm. and they grow and they're strong and there's a strength yeah. in there. 
Well, the fire. And it's alive. Well, the fire is the Holy Spirit, eh? That's what the fire is. So the preacher needs to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, the the worship and, and the team that's that's singing, it, it's filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm. It can sound like an orchestra, or it could sound like a man with a guitar and a lady just singing. Doesn't matter. The Holy anointed. Spirit's in there, and it's anointed. So that's good. That's where the fire is. Um, and it could be a mega church with all the bells and whistles and lights, and but there's no Holy Spirit in it. Mm. You know. Or it could be a, a tin pot church. When I say tin pot, just a small church that there's just um, a man with a guitar and there's no Holy Spirit in it. So there is yeah. no physical form to how it looks, but your heart and your Fire, spirit eh? should be enlightened or, or flamed up yeah. when you're in the right church and place. Good. And, um, you know, very good. There is a difference. Yeah, there's Big a dramatic difference. difference. Yeah. Um, uh, there was somebody who made a comment there about leadership and we, we kind of addressed that in terms of should be humble, I think it was. Oh, sorry, there's so many questions flying through my screen. Um, leaders need to be real and have grace. Yeah, that's right. We definitely yes, addressed that and we com yeah, um, talked about that. And I think that is a good thing is be real. Uh, being real, being transparent, don't be afraid to share openly. And that's what I love about Man Up and Legacy that is just sweeping through the nation of New Zealand mm. and here in Australia spreading further is that it's about us being transparent and dealing with the depths of our heart. That's where those masks come down, those mm. facades come away and we just say, man, we've been real. God's given us freedom as well. Yeah. Um, and can That's exactly sorry. right. Sorry. Can you go back to the Cain one? Cain? One who judges is playing God, would you say? Yeah, you know what? We... As the church, we're not here to judge. We're not here to judge. Um, we talked quite in depth on that, so you might, if you didn't, if you missed that, mm. um, go back. But no, nah, we're not here to judge. No, that's right. We, in, in fact, we're here to save. We're here to lift up. Mm. We're to break chains and set people free and help them go to new levels in God. It actually says that the way for people who maybe want to discuss that is that the way that you judge others is the way that you have to be prepared to be judged. So just be a little bit mindful of that the next time you want to pull your hammer out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, um, here we go. We've got another one. Yes, there is freedom of forgiveness. Break those powers of condemnation that come from being offended. Yes, humility is the key. Yeah. Awesome. That's Thanks, Sandra. Beautiful. So good. Uh, there was a question there somebody asked about, like, can advice from, say, us as pastors or leaders um, that would give out to people be wrong sometimes? You know what? The truth of the matter is, is you have to be... Like, like Samuel said, you don't know what people are going through. Your pastor, your leader, your elder, whoever it may be, could have went through a really struggling situation in their day or they could have found out some devastating news of a family member and you've gone and said, oh, hey, I need you to, and they just gone, ah, and they've had mm. a short wick and just thrown maybe in an emotional statement or whatever. You have to be, you have to understand that and have that grace mm. for that, that we are dealing still with human yeah, what, what's nature. The question again? I was just saying, can leaders give out wrong advice? I'll tell you what, oh, there's a very clear moment in my young ministry where I actually regret, I regretted some of the advice I gave out. Um, and it was it was purely to do with um, just mm. a young couple that something had happened and, mm, and it wasn't very nice circumstances. And I, I learned, and I think a leader who truly has the Holy Spirit in them will learn from their mistakes, yeah, will grow awesome. from them, and 
hopefully if they're not arrogant, will not do do that same thing again. Good. But I also put my hand up and say, you know what, there's probably going to come a time again where I may regret some of the advice um, that I may give because I'm end of the day, we're not here to pretend we're perfect and we have all the answers to everything, but we do rely on the Holy Spirit to lead us into mm. all truth and that we can share wisdom in that way. But at the same time, we're still human, so some Emotion things are... kicks in. <laughs> not, not all the time when we're talking, having a coffee, and working with people, am I in my sort of um, spiritual <laughs> monk mode of, Lord, every word be that um, thus saith, you know? So sometimes I'm just going to say things that, oh, bro, this would be a good idea. Come back, oh, that was a terrible <laughs> idea, Pastor. Well, you know what? Um, sorry, my man, but... <laughs> You know, that was the best I had at the time. But not to be flippant with that, but no. just to say that there will be times where we yeah. don't get it right. So, yeah. yeah. How do we discipline our leaders or your leaders or our leaders and your people on a different levels? Well, out of Dan, it's definitely the strap. Um, <laughs> how do you discipline your leaders and your people? I, I don't like that word, discipline. Um, probably correct, guide, mm. bring wisdom, yeah. um, discuss talk about it that's good look at it um but definitely don't let things that are not correct exist in the setting or the culture of our church that would be contrary to, to building the yeah. people up i wouldn't allow that mm. um we'll, we'll just we'll try and answer we've time's ticking away we'll just have a couple more questions that we'll try and answer and then we will um wrap it up but between church, marriage, children, whānau, work and serving, what are some tools, things you put in place that helped you find that balance? Yep. Okay, I think the biggest thing, and it's interesting because we talked about this today and I was reading about it as well, is that you can't allow everything to become overwhelming. And I feel when you are led by the Holy Spirit and when you're moving in your purpose and you're functioning at your purpose, your capacity grows with it. And sometimes it can look like chaos in terms of if you were write it all down, um, how we manage everything, but at the same time, there's that peace. Mm. And I find that when I start to get stressed, if I start to feel pressure, I know that I've stopped relying on Christ as my peace and my source. I've actually started to work things at my own strength. Mm. So um, my that's, that's for me personally, and that's the best way. Well, we, you know, you just know that you're a little bit off balance when you start to feel that pressure and that burden. Uh, when it comes to a, a call and a purpose and what we're designed for, it's not, I'm not gonna say easy, but it becomes more effortless because yeah, you're not relying yeah. on your own strength and your own um, abilities. Yeah. Mm. And just, I suppose I'll, I'll talk to that one too. Eh? We, this faith, this race that we poor terms, you know, our Christian life as, it's not a sprint, it's actually a, a marathon. Yeah. So I don't believe that you should be running around like a headless chicken trying okay. to do all these ministry things and, and think that you're not going to burn out even yeah. just practically True. and have time for your family and all these different things. So what you've got to do is identify, regardless of what's happening around you, the, the next great big thing or this or that or the ministry outreach here or um, whatever's going on at the time, you gotta you gotta pick your battles and you gotta most of all look after the actual vehicle that has expression which is is you and that's mentally spiritually and physically and so if you come to the realization 
uh, that you've got to do you you got to do you as well and do do your purpose yeah. and don't try and please people and chase around after what people think you should do at True. the same time you don't be lazy you got you got to do something the mahi work but you also have to balance it out Good. and uh, just be real with it yeah. you know me and my wife man we learned at a young age we've been ministering since the age of 18 straight after marriage we We've been ministering for for a long time now, probably not to other more senior leaders, but we figured out that we we went on this holiday one time and we it was the most refreshing time for us. And you know, we got to talk um, church things, non-church things, purpose, family, future. Oh. We decided at that point that we're going to make an effort at least once a year to get away and just Best even day. if it's just a small trip away or overseas. Because we found that it was actually the reset, it was actually the plumb lining of where we were at and where we we're tracking, and it gave us more, um, I suppose, wisdom, mm. wisdom to to um, manage our, our ministry time and family awesome. better. Me. Mm. Last question here, which is a good one, is how do you break a religious spirit mixed in with pride, or deal with it, or cast it out? Mm. Um, there's something that we we discuss with our church a lot and people and we help them through getting freedom for themselves and uh the first key there is humility the individual it's one thing to try to help somebody else overcome something but they have to make that decision themselves they have to humble themselves firstly before god and before some you know a minister or somebody that they can trust of a senior level so humility is key then the next thing is like it says in the word i know the truth and the truth will set you free they can identify the dysfunction in their life and their mm. spirit in their life. They can actually identify it. Then they know that this, then they can identify and see the truth of it and, and be freed from it. And the mm. next thing there is to confess it out of your mouth. Mm. You've got to actually declare out of your mouth that as the person who wants to be delivered and freed, and this goes for any spirit in terms of, you know, whether it's religious spirit or things you're overcoming mm. or you know, you've got to identify it expose it and you need to confess it out of your mouth and declare it out of your mouth to be freed from it Mm. that's one thing that i can just say yeah (laughs) no that's exactly on point is that break like you've got how do you break a religious spirit now we're assuming it's a a demon that's in the person that's what when you say religious spirit uh or it could be um just a religious mindset that people have so they might not have a religious spirit demon in them they might just be so Influenced stubborn day. with old religious mindset. Pride. Um, like they could be still tracking along the same path of that religious mm. thinking. So there's two kind of things there. But you know what? I think if that person is willing to deal with it, willing to break it, and you are a fired up, um, and when I say fired up, you speak in tongues. You're filled with the Holy you Spirit. With the Holy Spirit. You, you, you're a believer in Christ then you can actually cast that thing out. And mm. what you have to do is bring that person to a, a level of humility and just start start breaking the thing, yeah. praying in tongues, and get them to uh, basically um, renounce that spirit. Yeah. Like, I renounce the spirit of, of religion off my life. You know, I've identified Lord in my heart that it's there. And then that minister who's helping them, just go to war, man. Yeah. And to and see that them them freed from it, but you can't mm. approach the stuff, you know, you willy with it. You've got to go to war against some stuff to actually break it. Mm. So there's a lot in that. But yeah. the bishop's book on um, Amazon, 
Yeah, can you get it on Amazon, eh? Yeah. Oh, we've got the four books, the book series yeah, that we're yeah, talking yeah. about. Yeah, just do a quick thing on those. Oh, yeah. So um, what we're wanting to encourage is, you know, in in terms of the church and building the church, like Bishop and Pastor Hannah have been a huge example. That's that to Sam was raised up with and myself as well over 20 years of ministry. Mm. And that has been our example of ministers in the church, building the church and how we do church. So the thing is, we've got Bishop's books actually they're available on Amazon and you can purchase those books and it speaks it's Very actually cool. got the four book series mm. there's a four book series demons in my house which hits their last one then you've got um, heal, heal my, my heart. hearts which actually every topic that we've discussed in terms of the church can be um, in answered in these books in more depth then you've got planted. choose me and planted getting planted in the house yeah. as well so yeah. those i highly encourage anybody who's watching and wants to get a bit more in depth mm. with that jump on amazon purchase the four book series and you can do that um and final sorry. final word say as we start to wrap up okay so yes. here's here's a, a, a quick word to those who may have listened tonight and you know what you've been offended by the church um leaders may have done something and they were wrong or you were wrong someone in the house done something regardless of all that you know what there's never a shut door to god's mm. house never ever is there a shut door the biggest step to get back into the house is just humility and turning up. Turn up to that church on a Sunday, walk in with a with the expectant heart that God's gonna heal you, God's gonna bring life to you. And I promise you this, if you go with that into a fired up house, yeah, definitely. into a fired up house, and when I say fired up house, well, I mean I'm I run Destiny Church Brisbane, I can vouch for my brothers who run destinies. But you know what, if you've, you're not in that area where there is a destiny or there's other churches that, that you know, you've heard that they believe in Christ and the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues and that sort of thing, that's a good start to, mm. to go to. But there's never a shut door. Just turn up and expect God to move. Mm. And we'd like to hear even on our, on our thread and yeah. on our messenger in, in the Real Talk page, please message us because and, and, we also want to help. We're not here just to do the show we actually want to see people restored back because yeah, awesome. if the enemy can rip you out of the church, he can rip away your beautiful giftings, your purpose, and then your generations that, that actually come mm. after you. And that, 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 that saddens my heart massively mm. is that the next Generation, great preacher, yeah. the next great uh, musician that was meant to come through the house and bring, bring God's expression of the church in these times be purely cut out because of an offence of their grandfather. Yeah, oh, true. Man, I can't, I can't stand that. So there's always a way back in. Yeah, man. Cool. Awesome. Thank you for joining us tonight. And yeah, it's a big topic. Obviously, the church it almost needs another part. Mm. <laughs> but like I said, everything that we've discussed in those four book series that Bishop has written, it covers it all. Yeah. Everything. And um, I would strongly encourage you to, to get those books. The other thing is if you're in a remote place and you think I can't get to church and I do want to start to get under the word of God and I do want to start to get my life transformed, log in online. Mm. Um, Destiny Church Auckland with Bishop Brian online every Sunday morning New Zealand time, which yep. is 10 a.m. You can log in and you can get connected in there and you can hear the word of God and you can start to see transformation in your life. Um, but yeah, just... Um, much love out there to everybody and just for those who hopefully this has encouraged you challenged mm. you um and brought back your love and your passion and even maybe brought you a bit closer 
to your purpose. And remember that the church is a vehicle where your purpose can thrive mm, that's it. and you can start to see gifts flourish and open up for you. So have an awesome night. Thank you for joining us and we'll be back on Real Talk in two weeks time. Thank you, honey, for joining us on Real Talk. Awesome. See you guys. See you next time. Real Talk. <laughs>